back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast. Just graduated from the Arizona State University Walter Cronkite School of Journalism a few weeks ago. I'm in need of a full-time job, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio, so you can see all my latest work, my packages, my articles, my photos, and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a, a packed show as always. And remember, every show to you is brought to you. Every show now is brought to you by Built Bar. Because Built Bars, they're just not tasty treats. They're actually protein bars that taste like candy. And if you want your first box, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first Built Bar order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Now for today's show... I want to talk a little bit about, you know, all these cuts in their minor leagues, what that could mean for baseball. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And then I also want to talk about, so I believe report come out with an article where they actually power ranked all the managers in baseball. So I want to talk about that article too. I thought that would be fun to see where Tori Lovello ended up on that list. But first, if your company's interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Diamondbacks, to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into the first discussion. And I just want to talk a little bit about all these minor league cuts and what that can mean. So if you've seen the reports, Major League Baseball and a lot of these teams are cutting uh, are cutting hundreds, possibly over a thousand minor league players from their systems. And that's just so insane to think of. All these players could be out of jobs. Uh, Jeff Passan tweeted that the D-backs are cutting 64 minor league players uh you could go look at the transactions on minor league baseball some of them include gavin chinchini edwin jackson some some big name guys even if you look at the red sox farm system tori lovello's son was actually cut from the red sox farm system uh al lider's son's been cut there's been a lot of big name guys uh who are around baseball you know former players and coaches or current coaches and things like that who's seen their children their other relatives who have been playing in the minor league baseball uh cut and it just makes you wonder what this can mean for minor league baseball going forward are we gonna see you know we already have so many different systems in the minor leagues we got you know rookie ball single a high a we got double a triple a we like to do fall leagues there's so much uh, there's so many different outlets for minor league baseball, so many different levels. Now, I wonder if this pandemic is going to decrease the amount of teams we have. Maybe we only move to double A AA and triple A and realize we don't need to have all these minor league levels. Uh, as sad as that might be, a lot of guys will be missing jobs, but do we need all these minor league levels in the first place? Uh, I never thought we did. I always thought we had too many. I feel like a lot of times... Players who we thought were going to be good, who ended up not being good, a lot of their careers got wasted because they were put in the wrong minor league system 
or they just were down there for too long and we never got to see them. Maybe there was a log jam at a, a position they were already at a position they play at, so they were never able to make it to majors, and then they just spend a most of their careers in the minors anyway. So I think in that kind of scenario, maybe this pandemic will be better for cutting back the amount of minor league teams we have and actually making baseball more condensed version of just keeping the best talent. I think there's a oversaturation in the market of baseball players anyway, and a lot of these guys are not going to make it to the big league. So I don't think I think it would actually be more beneficial for that for those guys who you know, spend their whole careers in the minor leagues not making a lot of money for always to have, you know, just hoping for the chance to make it to majors without having any real shot. Maybe this could push them to, you know, go explore other areas, go take their talent to somewhere else, you know, another country where they could get more money, better exposure. Maybe it'll push them into a different career path. Who knows? But I think maybe in the long run, this could help see better talent on the major league level and help the lesser talent in the minors, you know, move to a new career or move to a spot that will actually be more beneficial for them. But on the note that players are getting cut because major league teams can't pay them, that's that's pretty ridiculous to think of. And this, we think of baseball as this dying sport because it doesn't have the social media love or the love from, from the youth, from the you know, from a younger audience. So we assume baseball is dying, but baseball... Revenue profits are all up across the board. Baseball's making more money than it ever has. And I think it made like around seven, eight billion dollars last year. Baseball's raking in the money. And we see a team like the Royals. Uh Jeff Hassan tweeted out today that the Royals are gonna keep paying all their players and not make any cuts. They're gonna keep paying them through August and keep all their players and no one's getting cut, as opposed to teams like the D backs who are cutting sixty four players and other teams who are cutting you know, hundreds of minor leaguers. There's, I don't see a reason why teams still couldn't pay minor leaguers. Though. What is the reason? Are, are teams that cash-strapped in a sport with no, with no salary cap that they don't have enough money? I just don't get it. You can afford to pay your players whatever you want. There's no... There's no max contract. There's no set standard of, you know, when this guy's up, this is how much he's going to pay. MLB owners and GMs set the market for players. So the idea that they can't afford to keep paying uh, players $400 a week seems kind of ridiculous. We see the Royals doing it. And some owners have even more money than the Royals. So it makes you wonder why it can't be done. And it's really just because of the negligence of a lot of these owners who don't want to dip into their pockets to pay more money. The reason why people like owners are so rich is because they're also frugal. You don't realize how frugal rich people are. The best way for those people to keep their money is not to spend it. And that's what a lot of these owners do. They try not to spend their money. They try to hold on to as much as they can because they like seeing their wealth stack up. And so... What Scott Boris was saying one, uh, the other day is he was on the he was agreeing with sentiment by Max Serger about not taking any more pay cuts for the players because he doesn't want players bailing out billionaires, and I think that sentiment can be applied to how how the owners are treating minor league players because we don't want millionaires bailing out billionaires, but it it might have to be that way. 
if we want to see these minor league players stick around and still be getting paid and not losing their jobs. David Price, newly acquired pitcher for the Dodgers, he's donating $1,000, I believe, to each of the minor league players' salaries in the Dodgers. He said he'll pay $1,000 to every minor league player who's going to be cut by the Dodgers. So he's paying their salaries. You have a player stepping up to do that. A guy who's, you know, making a couple hundred million dollars. He'll be worth about three, four hundred million dollars by the end of his uh, playing career. Why can't other major league players do that? Now, like Scott Bohr said, we don't want millionaires bailing out billionaires, but it's also about, I think, the union of MLB players and that camaraderie. And, yeah, the billionaires obviously aren't, they're not paying for their minor league players right now. They'd rather cut them, so... Maybe as a millionaire, as a player, you kind of have to help out your compadres here and, you know, maybe donate some of your money to them. It sounds wrong. Again, you don't want millionaires bailing out billionaires. But at this current moment, billionaires are not going to help out the smaller community. and They're not going to help out the lower class of baseball. And those are those, you know, lower class minor league players who might not have the talent to actually make it to the majors, but they love playing the sport and they they still have the hope that they can make it there and they still have the belief and they're going to keep trying no matter what. But now they might just be out of a job because their owner doesn't want to pay them their 400 a week or whatever their contract is. So you can have a guy like David Price, you know, step up to the plate. If a few of the D-backs players stepped in, a massive Bumgarner, a couple other guys who are getting paid hundreds of, who are getting paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars. If they all want to contribute, hey, here's a thousand dollars of my salary. Here's a few hundred bucks a month of my salary. We're all pooling our money and we're all help pay for the minor league players. Then it can be done, but I, I don't expect MLB players to do that because I don't, not that I don't expect it. Okay. I don't expect them to do it, not because of. They, it's not in their heart, not because they don't want to because they're bad people or anything. I don't expect them to do it because they shouldn't have to do it. MLB owners should be paying for their minor league players. They can afford to pay for their minor league players. Yes, they're losing a lot of money every day, but they will recoup that money in time over the next couple years. Yes, they, they're billionaires. They'll get that money back, but those minor league players, their careers could be over, and I don't want to have to ask MLB players to help bail them out because owners should be doing that. But in the time we're in right now in this pandemic, we might need MLB players to step up to the plate and help out their fellow companions who, you know, this could be the end of their road for their major league career. Now, coming up, I'll get into how uh, where Tori Lovello was ranked among Bleacher Report's power rankings of major league managers. But first... Let me tell you about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bars, they're tasty. They're kind of like candy bars, which is why I love them. But they're not. They're actually protein bars that come in 16 amazing flavors, 8 with chocolate and nuts, and 8 with chocolate and no nuts, in case you have any allergies. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Now, the Bilt Bars are great for a health-conscious guy like myself because, get this, they help you lose or maintain weight, but they also... It's great for indulging in a delicious treat, and that's why I love them. If you just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, you can get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com.
let's jump into this article by Bleach Report's Jacob Schaefer. And, oh, excuse me, it's actually by Zachary Reimer. And he powering all MLB managers heading into the 2020 season. And, you know, he ranked these managers, but also had some of them in tiers. So we'll go through the tiers and we'll go through all the managers. And then when we get to Tori Lavella, we'll go through all the managers and then we'll circle back to Tori Lavella and see uh, how Zachary, uh, what he had to say about him and how he ranked him. So let's start. All 30 managers ranked, and we're starting with number 30. And this tier is called the Newcomers. At number, at tie for 27, you have David Ross, Chicago Cubs, former catcher not too long ago, now a manager for the Cubs. And then got Luis Rojas, the New York Mets manager, also tied for 27. They got Derek Shelton, the Pirates, also tied for 27. And Jace Tingler, the Padres, also tied for 27. Then in the next two, you got some patience required. And that includes Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, Don Mattingly of the Marlins, Ron Gardiner of the Tigers. Now we're on number 23, and that is Scott Servais of the Seattle Mariners. And then much to prove. We got number 22, Ron Renneke of the Red Sox. 21, Gabe Kapler of the Giants. And 20, Mike Matheny of the Royals. And then the jury's out. Number 19, Charlie Montayo of the Blue Jays. 18, David Bell of the Reds. 17, Chris Woodward of the Rangers. 16, Rick Renteria of the White Sox. And then new but not inexperienced. Number 15, Dusty Baker. Number 14, Joe Girardi. Number 13, Joe Madden. Now we just move into the part of the list where they just rank the managers normally. So those are all the tiers, but now they're just ranking the managers normally after this. So after that new but not inexperienced tier, ending with Joe Madden at 13, now we move to Bud Black at number 12 of the Rockies. 11, Rocco Baldelli of the Twins at 11. Number 10, Mike Schilt of the Cardinals. Number nine, Dave Martinez of the Nationals. Number eight, Tori Labello. Number seven, Brian Snicka of the Braves. Number six, Kevin Cash of the Rays. Number five, Craig Council of the Brewers. Number four, Aaron Boone of the Yankees. Number three, Dave Roberts of the Dodgers. Number two, Bob Melvin of the A's. And number one, Tito of the Indians. So, now let's circle back to Tori Lovello, who is at number eight on this list, and he's basically in the top tier of what Reimer has here. These are pretty much the best of the best in baseball by Reimer, these top 12 guys. And Tori Lovello at number eight, I think it's pretty high. Here's the what the summary that Reimer wrote for Tori Lovello. His first season as the D-backs manager in 2017, Tori Lovello reversed the team's fortunes. In the wake of the 69-93 and 93 season 2016, Lovello led the D-backs to a 93-69 record and a victory in the National League wildcard game. The effort netted him NL Manager of the Year award, which right fielder David Peralta traced back to Tori Lovello's key talent. I think the difference for us is communication, Peralta said. After a modest 82-win campaign in 2018, Lovello arguably did his best work last season. Despite an off-season trade of Slugger Goldschmidt and a mid-season trade of Granke, D-backs won 85 games. Granted, some figures suggest Arizona has underachieved. 
under Lord Velo. Uh, yet his influence indeed goes beyond his communication. His bullpen has a 3.88 since 2017, despite its low strikeout rate, which is usually surely related to the decent returns on his defensive shifts. With Bumgarner and Charlotte Marte now aboard and a wealth of young talent waiting in the wings, Avello's best work may still be ahead of him. So basically, what the Rhymer is saying, he helped Toy Lavello help turn around the D-backs franchise. Uh, immediately, basically, they were a 69-win team in 2016 and moved and uh, basically flip-flopped their record in 2017. They were 69 and 93 in 2016, moved to 93 and 69 2017. Just flip-flopped their win-loss record, and in the end, he won NL Manager of the Year in his first season, his rookie season as the manager. And that's pretty impressive. That's pretty wild to think of. He won a playoff game as well. So in your first season, if you can go from 69 to 90-plus wins, be Manager of the Year, and win a playoff series, I think you're doing some pretty things right. Uh, 2018 was all right. He, they did only win 82 games. They didn't reach the ceiling that a lot of us might have expected. Some injuries played a key role in that. And then if you look at 2019, the team did kind of overachieve for trading their franchise player and their ace uh, before and middle of the season. They still won 85 games, so they're still competitive. I can see the argument where you say uh, the D-backs have underachieved under Tori Lovello. But let's not forget, uh, it's not like they've had a, a huge amount of talent. Yeah, you had Paul Goldschmidt, but that was pre-Ketel Marte's rise. David Peralta and Jake Lamb have been in and out of the lineup. And it, it hasn't been a great team. You had Zach Greinke on the team still. He was pretty good, but the team wasn't doing too much. I think there's more talent and depth on the team now, actually which is crazy to think about since there's no Goldschmidt. But I think the team is more balanced now in terms of the lineup. I think it was too Goldschmidt-centric before. And I like all the young arms out of the uh, – not out of the bullpen, but in the starting rotation like Gallon and Luke Weaver, uh, Alex Young. I think the D-backs have some really good arms there. And so I think Tori Lavelle has a real chance to even increase his standings in this power rankings in 2020. Uh, the bullpen and the defense has been great under the D-backs during uh, Lavello's reign. Yeah, that 3.88 year rate, that's pretty good. The strikeout stuff is not great for the D-backs. But defensive shifts that Ryan was talking about, D-backs are always top, uh, always top of the line in baseball in terms of that, in terms of defensive shifts actually working. D-backs have been consistently one of the best defenses under Toy Lavello. And you could credit that to the defensive shifts that he has with a massive bum garner now and a starling Marte. The D-backs make some real noise in 2020 when the season returns. Uh, and I think Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen are just on the same page. And I like the way Tori Lovello goes out and approaches his guys. Like Dave Peralta said, it's all about communication. Tori Lovello makes sure to have that he has that open pipeline between him, his players, and his coaches. Anything can be said. Anything can be said out in the open. They all have that open communication where they all are on the same page and they have that trust uh, between each other where they could tell each other anything and helps them move past things that could be an issue or helps them uh, conquer a problem that they might have had because they have that open 
line of communication and trust. And I think that's just better for baseball, just better for a team. Helps build team chemistry, and that's why the D-backs never bottom out. I think because they trust each other and they have that communication. It's one of the reasons why they're always so competitive, even though if they don't, even if they don't make the playoffs. And I think in 2020, this D-backs team will be one of the scarier teams to watch out in the NL. I'm not claiming a 9,500 win team, but I do think this team will be in the wild card mix, and I think Tori Lovello is a big reason for that. Thank you, everyone, tuned into this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Go use the promo code Locked On and go to BuiltBar.com to get $10 off your first order. We'll use promo code Locked On and get $100 of free delivery credit on Postmates.com. And go tell your Alexa device to play the newest edition of the Locked On Fantasy MLB Draft, or not MLB Draft, but Locked On Fantasy MLB, so you guys stay up to date with news, rankings, and updates, and everything pertaining to fantasy baseball. Hope everyone is staying safe, staying inside, and staying healthy. Peace!